spirits. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless you and exalt your holy name. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lords of Lords. For this is the day you made it for us, so we shall be re rejoice and be glad in it. We possess that and we partake it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for residing in us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being our helper. Thank you for being our senior partner. We thank you and we bless, we bless your works. Thank you, angels of heaven, for being part of this ministration. We ask you to take your position and you can start touching different hearts, different people, different situations. You can start providing to those who have needs. Touch them even as they know our midst. Touch each and every one of us. Thank you, angels of heaven. Father, I bless you for each and every person who is congregated here this morning. Because, Father, we have found favor in your sight and in the sight of your people. We do not take it for granted. I open their spiritual ears so they may hear your word afresh. I open their spiritual eyes. They may see the greatness that you have ahead of their future. Thank you, Lord. We bless you and we exalt you. And in the mighty name of Jesus, the entire church said a big amen. amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Can I hear join the house of the Lord? Do I have somebody who feels like they were glad when they told you, let's go to the house of the Lord. Because that is where there is joy. That is where there is peace. So if you're that person, can I see joy? Can I hear? Can I hear some noise? Can somebody make some noise? Can I see some youth being joyful? That they can serve the Lord without being, you know, judged? Without being categorized as crooks? Do I have some youth in the house? Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate the King of Kings. Celebrate him once more. Celebrate the Holy Spirit who has convicted you as a young person to be in this house this morning. You can do better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. It is an honor to have so many youths in the church and looking beautiful, gorgeous, you know, looking handsome. Oh my God, you know, sometimes I just go through my pictures and I say, I think I have a church with very beautiful ladies, handsome guys. And I'm like, wow, God, I thank you for this. Keep bringing more, hallelujah. It is not obvious that in our midst we have born again young, beautiful ladies. It is not obvious that we have young men in our midst who knows Christ and they're not out there fornicating, they're not out there having big, uh, what do you call, sugar mamas and all that. They are depending on God himself. Can you celebrate this God? Because he's my beautiful God. He's awesome God. His name is Yeshua Mashiaki. My Lord, my King. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And just in case you have not told your neighbor that they look beautiful, and they are dressed well, can you turn around with no jealous and tell them they look nice? And tell them they look beautiful. 
people who are watching us, don't be jealous because you're not here. But we thank God because you're connected with us. Today, as you can see, it is our day of jeans. Can I tell you something? <laughs> it is the first time in my entire life. Can you say entire life? Since I was born. To go to on a Sunday service in a jeans. I wear them on weekdays when we have praise and worship in the evening. But to go to the service, I have never. So there is, I think it's a season of getting out of comfort. Yeah? The fact that even the hairstyle changed, I think it's just another season that you get out of your comfort zone. And the things you thought you could not do, you can just do them and God blesses them. How many are getting out of their comfort? How many are changing their ways? How many are changing their stars? Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Without taking much of your time, today as it's youth ministry, I'm not the one who is ministering. But because it's the first time they are coming to minister, I thought I need to just take the pulpit and as I stand here, the grace will flow. Hallelujah. So today in the first service, we're going to be having uh, my daughter who is going to be ministering and viewers all over the world. You better invite five youths you know around. Please make sure you invite five youths that you know around. Let them join and see how God can use powerful people. We've had testimonies here. The, uh, you know, in Tanzania, we have to be honest. People still don't know how to testify very well because they start with the stories. <laughs> In short, the testimonies were not the normal testimonies we have every Sunday. The testimonies are to build you, to show you a journey of a youth person, of a youthful person. You know, how they have walked with Jesus until they're where they are. And that is what we had from, you know, uh, the youths that were here. So we bless God because we have seen the youngest who started ministering with me from the age of six years. Nehemiah started praying for the sick. I taught her how to pray for the sick. At the age of nine, she could pray for the sick. Actually, the age of eight, if I'm not wrong. She could pray for the sick and they could be healed. And she's been a walk with me. That's why you see, even when she speaks, you feel like this is just junior prophetess streets or somewhere. Even though her voice is, uh, is more vocal than mine, you know. But you can see the power of God upon her because she has walked with God righteously. Amen. So we bless God for her. Being the youngest, can you celebrate her being the youngest? And, and, and she is not just a, a, a youth in the church. She can prophesy like popcorns. She can speak words. Her tongue is like, you know, just mine. It slices things. She can bless you with her tongue or she can curse you. She's very prophetic. And also we thank God. She's the head of children ministry. And we really thank God. She's part of many committees, you know. She's in charge of children ministry. She carries the entire children ministry. And also she's my protocol and my security. Hallelujah. And she's also my armor bearer. And she's also my intercessor. On and on and on. Hallelujah. All the youth who have seen them here testifying, they are doing work of God in the house of the Lord. So wherever you are, just invite a few youths because they will be transformed by their fellow youths. Because sometimes when us we do it, you think, ah, you mama, you don't know. You, you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. What are you going through that I did not go through? Tell me. 
Huh? I'm about to hit 50. What is this that you went through that I did not go through? Trust me, there is no better life outside there. It's better you be in the house of the Lord. There is better life here. Hallelujah. Of course, there are many places also youths are being abused. But we thank God this is not the case in Rema the Faithful Church. Hallelujah. And we, and, and, and we destroy that spirit of youth being destroyed in churches. It's not our portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So now I want to, before I sit down, I would like to read John chapter 14 verse 12. Be standing and then I'm going to invite the preacher of the day. And I'm not going to be preaching today. I'm not ministering to people today. They are going to do ministration. You will see the youth. Can I have um, uh, John chapter 12 and John chapter 14 verse 12, please. If you can give me on the screen, I'll be thankful to God. Hallelujah. God bless you. I wanted to show you the idea Jesus had for empowering others. Because what we are doing right now is empowering the youth. Hallelujah. Can we read together the Bible? And more solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than this in extent and outreach because I'm going to the Father. Hallelujah. So when we read this scripture, we see Jesus had told men and had shown men that it is possible for you to be greater than I am. Hallelujah. A great leader leads others into becoming a better version of what he is or what she is. Why today we have uh, these young people who's going to be ministering? It's because of this scripture. Because it shows us, number one, Jesus gave them Holy Spirit. Told them with the Holy Spirit you are able to do it. These children, you see them, they will be preaching here for the first time in their life. They have never preached on this altar on a Sunday like this. You know? Nike is in the worship. Charles is in ushery. But today, they are going to feed us with the word for the first time. And why? And why? Because I've read this scripture and I've seen, when you have Holy Spirit, you can do greater things. If me, I could preach in a certain way, they can come and teach his side, even in a bigger way. Amen. And I believe in that because I've always said, my master is Jesus. And I want to walk in the shoes of Jesus. I want to do as he did, because that's the only way we can represent him well. Second, we see him. He had already given much himself to equip them. I know I have spent enough time preaching here, teaching and equipping this youth so they can take over. And a great leader is the one who gets successor. A leader without a successor is a failed leader. Amen? Amen? So that is why, you see, I when I travel, I have the youth leading the service. I have my children leading the service. Why? Because that's how Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to prepare and disciple people and he wants them to be productive. Hallelujah. So you are next. Just know any time I can be standing here on a Sunday and I say so and so you're the one who will give us word. Every one of us who is in this church you need to be a disciple. Amen. Amen. We need to be all disciples. To know that when a chance comes you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the only way you can become better, it's when you're allowed to be mentored. 
you are allowed to be mentored, then you can grow. And how do you get mentored? It's when you're given a chance to showcase what you are able to do, the gifts, the talents. Yesterday I was watching the clip of uh, my ordination, and I will bring it. We see that it had disappeared; it just reappeared. And, I, and, and 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 the prophet was saying, "Look, do not." Do not neglect the gift. It is wrong for us to neglect the gifts that you carry. We have to give you a place where you can showcase those gifts. Amen? Amen? And we can ignite fire. So Jesus had an idea. And I've always said this idea. It means he had instructions. He gave the people instructions. He demonstrated. And then he experienced an assessment. So now, as our children come to minister to us today, let us not compare them. Let us not compare them with anyone. Don't compare Naki with the sister or with me, with anybody. Give them a chance to be unique and to speak with uniqueness. Hallelujah. We are not here to compare. We are not here to think she doesn't know this. We are here to say, wow, Naki can preach like that. Indeed, there's God in heaven. Charles can preach like that. Indeed, even me, I will preach. Hallelujah. The same way we see these children singing and how they worship powerfully. They did not start like that. We are not a church who goes stealing people from other churches. It is shocking to see that I can have some sons and daughters who can try to do the same, who can try to do such a thing, where they come and pick people from Rema to go and do things. That is not how I teach gospel. Nobody I have ever rooted from a church. The people you see serving in this church, they came. Most of them that you see, they're still here until now. I saw them from nothing raising to become somebody. They might have been, I'm not the one who gifts people. It is God and Holy Spirit empowers them. But by the lengths of hand, you impart them. The gifts, they, 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 they just sprout out. Hallelujah. So you see the gifts are coming out. I'm not saying I'm the one who has given anyone a gift, but I have recharged the gift that Holy Spirit has planted in them, and today they are big. So let's believe in them, and help me to believe in them, and help me to mentor them, because we are all mentors for each other in one way or the other. Are we ready, church? Are we ready? So viewers all over the world that you are connected with us this morning, it's a different service. We have a lot of gifts in the body of Christ. And as a prophet, it is my work to make sure that those gifts, they start functioning. So today, both Swahili and English service, we are going to be live. And we want them to preach without making any mistakes because they know the word. Hallelujah. So please be connected and let your children be connected so that they can learn something. Hallelujah. And I feel like from now, I want English service to be carried on by youth. Hallelujah. Are we talking to somebody who is right here? Hallelujah. Amen. So all of you youths who struggle with wearing jeans, we are welcoming you here. You can wear your jeans and you will still step on demons and they will know you, who you are. You are the anointed one after Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And it doesn't mean because you are a servant of God, you can't go to eat butter at a sleepway or there at Cocoa Beach. You can still go and eat with your shorts, but don't come with your mini shorts in church. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for that. Let's us put our hands together as we bring in Naki to come and bless us with the word. 
Hallelujah. Are you put your hands together for Naki as she comes to give us the word? Can you celebrate her? Celebrate her. Celebrate her. Celebrate her. Celebrate her. You can do better than that, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I was telling somebody that um, yesterday we had a good time with the partners and we had a time to laugh. <laughs> I went home laughing and thinking the way we were talking here with my chair lady uh, princess and the rest who were seated with me on the table. It was a really good time. And thank you all the partners who joined us live. We, we, we were joined in by live and also people who came. God, can you celebrate my partners, please? So, uh, and, and they have pledged to support DOZ Kenya. So we really thank God, DOZ Kenya. God bless you. Hallelujah. Um, I, I, I was telling them I'm not an emotional machine. Like, I'm not a person who just cries because people, they hurt me or they're doing something wrong to me. I rarely cry for that. But when I see certain things, God using a certain person or somebody sinning, I can cry. By the way, I can cry just because somebody is sinning. So today I'm so emotional to see Naki standing here and, you know, serving God because Naki never used to talk. All those who knows Naki, she would not be talking me. And, 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 and some of the people, they would be like, I'm. I remember one time Apostle Dixon told me, I am here, mom, I'm tired of this youth. You know, you try to tell them this thing, they don't hear. And we had, of, and all the youth we had, they have all now traveled out. It's only her who is remaining. Because her, she will, she, she travels with me all over the world, you know. Them, they are settled in one country. Her, she travels with me in those countries. Like, like I just got in, I just got an invitation again for Canada. And they told me, you have to come with Naki. They told me themselves, you have to come with Naki, you know. So she has realized it doesn't hurt her because the people she started with there in certain countries studying for her, maybe this is her life to be moving with me, you know, country to country. Hallelujah. So can we all put your hands together and celebrate Minister Naki. Celebrate Minister Naki. Celebrate Minister Naki. God bless you, my daughter. The floor is yours. More grace. Celebrate Jesus. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Celebrate Jesus. You can do better than that. Put your hands together for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Shout. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whew. For sure, the grace is sufficient. I'd like to honor the presence of God that is upon this altar and I'd like to honor my spiritual parents, my prophet, Daddy Stain. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted. Our prophet has already, um, she's prayed, she's already blessed. So we're just going to go straight into the word. Hallelujah. Worship team, thank you so much. You may have your seats. All right, so before we take our seats, I just want us to first um, open the scripture of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. 
Um, if we can show it on the screen, I will appreciate. If we can have the KJV version, I would appreciate as well. Um, as we're waiting for the scripture, people from live, once again, we welcome you to the service. Please um, feel free to listen to the word of today. And like our prophet said, please share to five people right now. If you haven't shared, if you've just joined, please remember to share right now at this moment. All right, so we have the scripture. So can we all read, please? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. I want us to read that word one more time so we can get it in our heads. Hallelujah. So let's read it again. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings with eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. So this scripture now brings us into the word that we are going to be talking about today, which is the process of waiting. Hallelujah. Now this process is a process that every child of God has to take in their life, in their spiritual life. It's a journey that we all have to take. And it's something that us Christians, we sometimes struggle with because Christians, we, we struggle to be patient. We struggle to wait upon the Lord. But today, we're going to encourage each other through this word of today. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's ask ourselves, what is it to wait? Maybe some of us don't know what it means to wait upon the Lord. And maybe that is why we struggle so much to wait upon God. Maybe it's simply because we need to know the definition of what it means to wait. So I just searched on Google roughly and it says in biblical scriptures the word wait means to hope to anticipate and to trust to wait upon the lord means planting the seed of faith and nourishing it praise god so this means that the word wait means to hope to anticipate and to trust it doesn't say that to wait means to doubt God, to argue with God, and to not trust Him. No. It says it is to hope, to anticipate, and to trust. So ask yourself, children of God, in this process that you're in, because we're all waiting for something, I'm sure each and every one of us, when we go to pray to God, we pray about something that we want. For some of us, it might be, not for some of us, sorry, I don't want to be married. For some of you guys, it's to be married. For some others, <laughs> for others, it might be for a financial breakthrough. For others, you might have a business and you want God to make your business go higher and to be better. So we're all waiting for something. Even when you receive that husband, you will be waiting for God to receive a child. Is it not true? Hmm? And even if you receive that financial breakthrough, you'll be waiting for God to multiply that money because if you receive $1 million today, if it finishes, what are you going to do? You go back to square one. So we see here that the definition is to hope, to anticipate, and to trust. 
to wait upon the Lord means planting the seed and nourishing it. Now, if we look here, it says to plant the seed of faith and to nourish it. Listen very well to this last few words, planting the seed of faith and nourishing it. This means that we all know when we plant a seed, we can't just leave it and then the next morning we find a flower. It's not possible. Or we can't plant a seed and then the next morning we find a big tree with mangoes. It's not possible. We know that when we plant a seed, we have to take care of it. So in this month, we have been talking about fruitfulness and how as Christians, we need to bear fruits. As Christians, we often only focus on being fruitful and receiving our miracles and our breakthrough that we always forget that prior to receiving your breakthrough or prior to becoming fruitful, there is things that you have to endure. There is a time period before you receive your fruitfulness. So just like a plant, like I have said, you have to plant the seed. When we look at a plant, we see before the plant or tree can bear its fruits or it can grow as a, as a tree or its flowers, we have to plant the seed. We need to water the plants. Sometimes you need to weed the garden that the plants are in. You need to mulch the garden that it's in. And so many other things that we have to do in order for the plant to grow. So we see that a mango grows differently. A mango tree grows differently from um, a plant that grows rose petals. There's a different process on how you grow it. There's a different time period that it takes to grow, which just goes to show that my destiny and your destiny is different. My waiting process and your waiting process cannot be the same. We all have different waiting processes. As we are waiting for our miracle or our breakthrough, we shall all endure different trials. I will go through different things and you will go through different things. It can never be the same. So, as Christians, in the Bible we can look at so many verses and stories where people went through the waiting process. We've also many times heard people and different ministers from this house and our prophet herself tell us about different stories where people in the Bible had to face different things. And we see that there's so many examples in the Bible where people had to wait upon the Lord. We can look at the story of Job, for example. Job lost all his children and his wealth. His wife even encouraged him to give up, to give up on God. He even told him to curse God. That means that he was the only one who was on his, his own side. It was him and God. But he decided to wait. He suffered so much that his own friends didn't recognize him. We can see that in the scripture when his friends came to see him, they did not recognize him because of all that he had suffered. So we can see that you might be waiting upon the Lord for something. You might be really going through something. You might be fasting and praying to the point where we don't even remember how you look when you walk into church. But listen to the story of Job. God blessed Job abundantly after his time of struggle and he doubled what Job had before. That just goes to show that waiting and the process of waiting is worth it. We can also look at the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers and then thrown into prison for a crime that he did not commit. So you can see that from the story of Job and from the story of Joseph, they're all facing different 
um, situations in life. Job lost his children. Job lost his wealth. And Joseph was thrown into, into, into prison or was sold into slavery by his own brothers. So that goes to show another example of how if you're in your waiting process, you will be waiting and enduring your own process. I will go through something different and you will go, go through something different. But Job made use of every opportunity and interpreted the dreams of his fellow prisoners. Hallelujah. We'll look more deeper into this um, further down um, from the points that I will give you. Eventually, Pharaoh appointed Joseph the second in command of all Egypt. Hallelujah. So he had to endure. He had to wait. Like our prophet said the other week when she preached to us, perseverance, children of God. We have to persevere. We have to wait upon the Lord because God's time is the best time. We do not see in the scriptures that people like Job and Joseph every day, all they did was sit down and complain and cry to God. Are you waiting upon the Lord and are you cursing him out? Are you complaining to him? Are you threatening God? Because your threats will not change God. If God wants you to get married next year, you will get married next year, not next week. If God wants your financial breakthrough to be next year, it will be next year, not next week. If you tell God you will not serve him because he is not blessing you, he will find someone else to serve him. So, you threatening God will not change anything. You will then make God pull back your blessings and you will be in the waiting process for longer. But we can see that if you endure, like Job and Joseph did, we can even look at another story of the Israelites and how Moses led them into the wilderness for 40 years to get to the promised land. All of this was to prepare them for, for God's promise and blessings. So the Israelites had to walk. Yeah, some of us, we, we even have the luxury of having bajaji and tuk-tuk and daladala. But back then, there was no such thing. It's either you have a donkey, and that's if you have money. So if you don't have money, may the Lord be with you with your footsteps. So they walked 40 years in the wilderness. Some of you are only waiting for three months. And you're already saying that God is delaying you. You're already saying that God is late. So I want you to meditate on these um, scriptures about these um, three examples that I've given from the Bible as we continue with the word. Christians lack to understand this waiting process because they do not carry patience and understanding that God has a purpose for us all. If you sit down and you understand that God has a purpose for everyone and it is at God's given time, it is not at your time, then you will not be struggling with yourself and with God in your waiting process. If you understand that God has a God-given time for your destiny and your miracle to come to pass, then you will not be struggling to wait. So ask yourself, why are you struggling to wait upon the Lord? What is it that you're in such a rush that you can't wait upon the Lord? Let me ask you, if God was to give you that miracle or that um, prayer point that you've been praying for today, what would you do with it? Would you be able to sustain that miracle? Would you be able to multiply the miracle that God has given you? Or will you not know what to do with it? Let's say for those who want to be married, if God was to drop your husband right here, right now, 
and say that you're closing your wedding this service would you be able to sustain your marriage would you know what to do do you even know the things that you need to do as a wife or is it because you see other people and you want what they have if god was to drop down all that money that you're praying for for a financial breakthrough would you know how to handle all that money or would you go to a car dealership and buy a car take a trip to dubai and we never see you again in rema will you know how to multiply that money will you know how to sustain that money and those finances that god has given you you need the experience you need god to take you through the waiting process you need god to show you things in the waiting process now let me tell you something the waiting process is not somewhere where you just sit down and you wait for god to do something no god will put you in trials yes but why are you looking at those trials as if god is punishing you why don't you look at those trials as if god is trying to teach you something in order for you to be able to sustain your miracle and your blessings Maybe God is making you face all those hardships so that you may be able to be strong enough to be able to sustain all those blessings that he wants to give you. Maybe he is putting you in all those hard relationships because he wants you at the end of the day to know how to sustain and to handle your marriage when you get married. Maybe he is making you be mentored by someone who has a lot of money so that you may know how to sustain the finances that he is going to bless you with. Are you sitting down and you're just waiting for God to do something or are you taking action? Are you understanding that you are in a process of waiting or are you questioning God in what he's doing? Now, we need to ask ourselves, what will help us during our waiting process? Number 1. Building a relationship with God. Amen. How do we do this? We do this by fellowshiping, fellowshiping with God. And how can we fellowship with God? We can do this by reading the word, fasting, praying, and worshiping. If we can get the scripture of Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7 amplified. So what are you doing while you're waiting upon the Lord? You don't even pray. Even before you eat, you don't pray. You just open your foil of chips my eye and you start eating. You don't even tell God thank you. When you wake up in the morning, you don't even think to thank God. You wake up, you put on your towel and you get ready for the day. Do you fast? Do you worship God or when you come to church because you're going through hardship, you don't even want to raise up your hands. You're stiff like our prophet says, you don't even want to worship the Lord. When we are praising God, you don't even want to dance because you think, "Hey, Mungu ananitesa." Let's read the scripture it says Therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord walk in union with him reflecting his character in the things you do and say living lives that lead others away from sin Can we go to verse 7 Having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude That means that when you leave church you also need to build a relationship with God whether you like it or not. 
And actually building a relationship with God will allow God to fasten your blessings. That is a secret that most of us, we do not know. What are you saying to God when you go to pray to Him? Are you only complaining? Are you telling Him, Oh God, where is my husband? God, where is my financial breakthrough? You are delaying me. Oh, when you come to pray, are you praising God? Like our prophet says, she gives thanksgiving. And you don't ask yourself how things work in her life. And when she prays, she comes to thank the Lord. When her children are sick, she comes to thank the Lord. When she is not feeling well, she comes to thank the Lord. If anything is not wrong, she comes to praise God. She does not ever say that she comes to complain. Number two. Understanding you have your own journey. Do not compare your life to others and do not envy others' lives. If we can open up the scripture of Psalm 37, um, verse 7, please. Are you comparing your life to other people? When you see other people are getting married, are you comparing your situation to their situation? Are you telling God that he's delayed on your blessings because you see other people receiving? Let me tell you something, children of God. The people that you see on social media, on the internet, 90% of them, they are liars. And if you see them in person, they don't even look like the way you see them on social media. You can pass them on the road and you don't even know them. Why are you wanting someone else's life? These celebrities that you see, even out there in America, do you know how they get their finances? Do you know what's the secret behind their success? No, you don't. You need to understand that as children of God, we are all born and ordained with our own destiny. That means that each and every one of us who are here today, we all have a different destiny. Your destiny is not the same as your neighbor's destiny. It cannot be the same because that is not how God ordained us. So you need to understand that you have your own story, your own process. Don't envy what people have. Know that you're on your own journey. You're on your own path. And it's just you and God. If you look at it like that, you will never question God in your waiting process. Just know and pray to God that God, I do not know where you're taking me. I see how you're blessing other people. I see how other people are receiving your blessings. But God, I know my day is coming at your own given time. Everyone's destiny is different. Our waiting process is different. Some of us, we might wait for three years. And some of us, some of us we might wait for five years. Our waiting process is different. But just because your neighbor waited for three months, don't think you're going to wait for three months. Trust God and understand that you have your own journey. We can read in the scripture, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him and entrust yourself to him. Do not fret, whine, agonize because of him who prospers in his ways because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. So it goes here. We emphasize again, don't envy because you don't know how someone has received whatever they have received. That person who is driving with a Land Rover, 
do you know how they receive that land rover like our prophet says do you know that there's people who have sugar daddies are you willing to have a sugar daddy to receive your land rover or are you going to decide to wait upon the lord because one thing i can tell you is that with god you don't need to pay him a single cent with god it's through his divine mercies with god we don't have to exchange anything when he blesses us he blesses us and the blessings are permanent number 3 allowing god to find you on the working grounds are you showing god you are ready to receive the miracle you are waiting for can we open the scripture of 1 peter chapter 1 verse 13 As you're waiting upon God to do something in your life, are you just sitting at home and crying or are you doing something about it? This process of waiting, yes, we need to wait upon the Lord, but we need to wait upon the Lord and show him that we are ready to receive what he has in store for us. If you want a job, why are you sitting at home expecting God to apply for your job? Expecting God to write your CV? I'm sure there in heaven there's no computers for him to be typing your CV. Who are you expecting to send your CV to the job that you want to get? If you want a certain career, why are you not doing anything about it? You want a certain career but you don't have what it takes and you don't even want to go to to take a course to facilitate yourself to become better. so that you may become more accomplished and you may you know fit the job even more than others you don't want to be different you just want to sit down and wait for God to pick you up and take you to your office chair you want to get married but when prophet has singles you don't want to come so what are you expecting you want to get married but you don't want to learn from others on things not to do or things to do. You want to get married but when people tell you you have an attitude, you tell them there's something wrong with them. When people tell you you need to change, you don't listen to what they have to say because you think you are so perfect. You need to be on the working grounds. You need to show God that you're ready. If you're waiting upon the Lord and you are just at home, that is an error. Like our prophet says, you can even come to church and pray. But you need to keep yourself busy. You need to show God that you are ready. He needs to find you when you are ready. He needs to see that my child is ready for this miracle. But as long as you are you are deciding to sit down and do nothing about it, that is exactly what God will do as well. Nothing about it. We can look at the scripture it says so prepare your minds for action be completely sober in spirit steadfast self-disciplined spiritually and morally alert fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed so we can see it does not say i don't believe there's any scripture in the bible that says stay home in bed and wake up at 12 and cry and God will bring your blessings. I'm still waiting to see that Bible. If somebody has found it, you can come and show me. But we can see in every story where someone was successful, where they had to wait upon the Lord, we can see that God found them on the working grounds. 
God did not find them in their bedrooms. Number four, living a sin-free life. Sin keeps us further away from God and holds our blessing from coming to be in our lives. Are you walking with God accordingly? Are you doing what's meant to be done? You might, like our prophet says, you might think that sins are only fornication and adultery, but even being a liar. Hey, and I know of many liars. So please, evaluate yourselves. That simple lie that you might think is small could make God not give you your blessings. Maybe that's the one thing that God sees in you that needs to change, but you're not changing because you, you sit and you think to yourself, ah, this is just a small lie, you know? It's just a small lie. It's okay. It's not okay, child of God. There is nowhere in the Bible where God blessed someone who was not honest. In fact, he punished those who lied. So why are you expecting a blessing and you are a big liar? How will God bless you? You need to walk aligning to God. You need to walk when you are clean. You need to walk when you have a closeness with God. And this also allows us to, you know, on the point of number one, where we get to build our relationship with God. When we live a sin-free life, this brings us closer to God. But one thing I can tell you is that sin that you are committing or doing is pushing you further away from God. You need to evaluate yourself and you need to try and understand. Maybe it's that one thing that you keep doing over and over again that you think is small before God, but really it isn't. If you know you are doing something and in the Bible it is not written that it is okay, then don't do it. Even if you are doing it to get money, even if you are doing it to get something, a car, even if you're doing it to get a job, because you will sustain whatever you have been given through a lie with more lies. We can read in the scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. If we can get that scripture on the screen, please. So we look at this point and we emphasize that you need to live a sin-free life. Let's read um, the word of God. Be sober-minded, be sensible, wake up from your spiritual stopper as you ought and stop sinning. For some of you have no knowledge of God. You are disgracefully ignorant of him and ignore his truths. I say this to your shame. So God is shaming us who sin. So that goes to show that you need to live a sin-free life in order for it to help you through your waiting process. Now, it is important to understand that your waiting process will take time. And just like a plant, it won't happen overnight. Now, none of us can sit here and say that we know how long we'll be waiting for. But I think God does not give us a date because we'd be anticipating it all the time so I believe he he makes it a mystery of his own but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't wait we can look and we can see David waited 15 years to be king 
Jesus waited about 30 years to perform his first miracle. Moses waited 40 years to lead the Israelites to Egypt. I mean, to, to lead the Israelites of Egypt. Sarah waited 25 years for her appointed son, Isaac. So I ask you this question today. How long have you waited? Have you waited three weeks and you think that God is delaying? Well, let me tell you something. David waited 15 years. You've been waiting for just one year and you, and you see that ah, God, God is, is delaying. How long are you willing to wait for your miracle? How long are you willing to trust God in the process of waiting that you're in? Are you willing to continue to trust Him? Or while you come to church, you're also doing worldly things so you can obtain other things? One thing that I can tell you is that if you are in Christ and you're trying to be lukewarm, that will hold back your miracles and your blessings. We can see that Jesus waited 30 years. Moses waited 40 years. Some of us, we've only been waiting for months. We've only been waiting for even a week, some of us. Some of us even for three days. But God, he's late. So ask yourself, how long are you willing to wait? Are you willing to stay in the presence of God to receive your blessing? We all have our own waiting process. And like I said before, our waiting processes differ from one another. So that just goes to show that, like what I said in the beginning, each and every one of us will wait at our own times. So today I ask you, fellow brothers and sisters, are you doing what is needed in your waiting process? Or are you just sitting and expecting it to pass by? Are you showing God that you're ready for that miracle? Or are you sitting down and complaining to Him? Are you provoking God to speed up your waiting process? Or are you causing God to hold your blessings? Is all you do complain to God? You're never satisfied by God. You're never pleased by God. Even if He gives you a small blessing, then you start to complain that it's not enough. You still want that big blessing that you've been praying for. Are you provoking God to speed up your waiting process, to bless you? I can give um, um, a quick testimony of my own. Um, I um, graduated a few years um, ago in Form 4. And since then, I, I never went back to study in school. But in the beginning, I was fighting with God. And I wasn't understanding that I had my own waiting process. I tried so many times to apply to university, but I didn't understand why things just weren't going. Things weren't moving. I started to, to, get, um, to get angry with God. Let me just be honest and give this testimony. I started to really doubt God and I started to, t to think that he's punishing me because I didn't understand. I applied. I wouldn't get it this year, I would apply next year. 
and I'd find I'd get accepted to the school, but then if it, it went on to other things, it just wasn't happening. So I started to feel like I was so left behind in life because the people that I had studied with, they had already started with university. And some of them were already in their third year, their second year, so I thought, yeah, I'm late with life. I didn't know what to do with myself. And it's because I didn't understand that I had my own journey. So after a while, I went to South Africa and I did an aviation course for um, cabin crew, air hostess. Um, I did the course for three months and I was like, hey, now I've finished this course, job here I come, weya, hey, weya. I thought immediately as I left the course, I would, yeah, I would be accepted next week in a plane, I'm flying, hey. It did not happen. I didn't realize that finding an aviation job was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Hey! So I searched, I applied. I came to Tanzania and they said, ah, we don't want your license. We want a Tanzanian license. You have to start from the beginning. I said, the beginning? Me, who went for three months, struggled, studied, did the test, I had to remember everything. Huh? And I passed, I must do again. <laughs> I was so confused. I started to ask God, so God, you took me to this aviation course. And you know, for me, university didn't work out. So God, what is your plan for me? I started to say, God, when you wait for a year, you're patient, but when it becomes two years, three years, you start to ask God, hmm, what is going on? <laughs> so I started to say, ah, God, what is it? What have I done? I started to resent God. I started to ask God, I serve you. I worship you. But why am I waiting for this long? I started to feel distant from God. My relationship with God actually became, um, it became different. It wasn't the same before. When I came to worship, I struggled to worship. I felt like ah, people are, are worshiping, but God, I, why don't I feel close to you anymore? Because I, I started, to, I started to, to resent God. I started to feel like when you mention God, when people tell me God is faithful, you know, sometimes you get in that situation in life where when God tell you, oh, God is faithful, you're like, eh, please leave me. Leave me now. It came to that point. But one thing that always helps me all the time is how my prophet always tells me, my daughter, don't look at others. You have your own journey. You have your own destiny. You're not like others. Because at first, when I was waiting, I, I felt less than. I felt like something is wrong with me. Because if others are going to university and I'm just here, then something must be, I must be the problem. That's how I decided to look at it. And some of us, when we see that others are receiving what we want, we start to feel like ah, something is wrong. 
like there's something that's missing but sometimes you just have to you have to wait you have to wait and as hard as it is you have to wait so i sat down one day and i told god one thing that i've always told myself is that i will never stop serving god no no matter the situation no matter the circumstances that is not an option for me so i told god god i've told you that i will never stop serving you it's not an option for me i told him that god i don't understand what is happening i sat down and i decided to fellowship with god and this is where it becomes very important to fellowship with god and i told god I don't know what it is you want for me but I'm waiting on you Lord. I told God that one thing that I always know is that God will work it out. No matter the situation and no matter the circumstance. I told God I will serve you. And maybe that is where my destiny is and that is what my prophet has said today. Because if I was to get that job in Air Tanzania, I wouldn't have been able to travel to America with profit. I wouldn't have been able to travel to all these nations, Botswana, South Africa, Kenya, America. I've been going to Dodoma and all these other trips that are coming. I wouldn't have been able to travel to all these places. So I decided to say that God, I'm waiting on you. And in this process I'm going to understand that I'm on my own journey. So maybe all arise.